is New York going to get out of this guy? Their captain, David Wright. And that brings up Jeter. Number two, Derek Jeter. Baseball is back in New York. Yes, I got chills right now. Goosebumps. New York, take a walk here on VIC Radio. I'm your host, Steve Durr, alongside Max Tanzer and Ethan Birch here on this beautiful South morning. I mean, South, uh, beautiful weather here in South Hill. <laughs> anyway, we are having a good time. We love baseball. Max, I see that smile under that Mariner's mask oh, of yeah. yours. Of course, it's a Mariner's mask. You're wearing your Mariner's color shirt that... Is everything you know, in my closet? Everything is Mariners, Mariners. and they got your Mariners hat. Even your headphones that you're wearing is literally the colors of the Mariners. It's Robinson Cano school candy headphones. <laughs> and then we have the sad Ethan Birch on like to my right, who had his little opening day canceled. So I will have to wait. But Matt, Steve, let me tell you, there is something about listening to that intro song when baseball is actually in play, right? It just it just it's, it's different. And that uh, the hawk special. <laughs> yes, I love the hawk. It changes everything. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to bring you the latest in New York baseball. And since there was a New York team that actually played, we'll start with them first. <laughs> and that slap is me York, in the face. Another slap to the face for Ethan Birch. And that is the New York Yankees. They are playing the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend. Their opening day was this past Thursday. They lost that game 2-3. to three. Big headline of that game was the Yankees not being able to hit in scoring runners and, with runners in scoring position. Aaron Judge left five runners on base when he was hitting. Uh, the big play was in the ninth inning when Gary Sanchez got a leadoff walk, I believe. Then they pinch ran. Mike, Talk- Ta- Mike Talkman came in the pinch run for him. Stole second. Also stole third with one out. They had corners after Clint Frazier worked a walk. And LeMahieu rolled over uh, a pitch a little bit insider. And Talkman went on contact, which makes sense considering it was one out because that ball was a it was a pretty hard like rolled over hit that and LeMayu isn't that fast that definitely would have been a double play so that was it made sense that why Talkman was going Talkman was throwing at home and then Judge could not come through and also Giancarlo Stanton was going is going through one of those phases right now where I don't know what he's doing with his bat and he whenever Stanton is off he it's it's just amazing to watch and I'm like wow his swing is just so weird I mean I'm not questioning him because he's so talented but when, he, when he's off, it's not good. Anyway, the Yankees played today, this afternoon, two hours after this, uh, 1.05 p.m. It is Corey Kluber making his actual debut, so that will be exciting. But let's go back to this game here on opening day. What were your initial reactions, Max? Yeah, I think it was just the runners in scoring position that was the biggest issue. You know, Aaron Judge coming up in multiple situations, the bases loaded spot, uh, striking out as well. And, you know, I think it is easy to get nervous or freak out a little bit after the first game of the season because that's all you have to judge. But in looking at it a little bit more realistically, there's still a full season ahead of us. I expect the Yankees to come bounce back today and be better than they were on um, Thursday afternoon. And I think that's where... It's going to make people feel a little bit more comfortable here. And look, the Yankees, there's plenty of positives to take away from that game. Garrett Colt was very good. I understand he did have a tough second inning that pushed up his pitch count the a bit. The slider was not there, but it shows how good of a pitcher is because we know you're never going to have all your pitches. It's very rare. Every pitcher knows this. They have all pitches working. Yeah. Like, it, very at your best. 
His slider is not there today. He still managed to get nine strikeouts and allowed two runs on opening day. It's what you that's what makes him so good. Yeah, and he gave the Yankees an opportunity to win. Really like looking at the grand scheme of things, three runs in 10 innings. The Yankees should have won that game with the offense they had, and it's just the offense wasn't there and bullpen looked really good as well. It did. It did. Um and you know the extra inning rule obviously did not help either. Nick Nelson was very, very good besides that one bustle double he gave up to Three strikeouts right after. Exactly. So, it, it's execution. With the runners in scoring position. And that's a part of baseball, and that's something that you would expect from this Yankees team with the offensive prowess they have. But uh, I expect them to bounce back today. I really think they'll be fine. I think Judge will be fine. Oh, I yeah, think I'm not worried. Yeah. It's just like, you know, everyone loves opening day. Opening day is the most hyped game besides... The playoffs. Yes. So you just want or a division clinching game. Opening day just loves to start. But the Yankees have won the last few opening days, so maybe them losing will it's finally a good, mean a good they sign. win the American League. Maybe. That's, what, that's what maybe Mets fans are like. Uh, Birch, <laughs> what's your initial reactions also from watching this game? I know you were tuning in as well. Yeah, no, the Mets weren't playing. Yeah, I mean, I had nothing to do, so I might as well, right? Um, so really, I think Garrett Cole pitched well, and I think it's a good sign because I think like you're, I think we're going to see a lot of p- uh, pitchers like slowly ease into the season, especially with such a different spring training when pitchers didn't get as much opportunity because there was such limited games compared mm-hmm. to a regular spring yeah. training when yep. you do split squads and such. So I think, I mean, other than the, the hanging slider and the fact that he wasn't able to get a slider going is what you guys were saying. I mean, I think he pitched phenomenal. His fastball was absolutely cooking through the through the strike zone. He was phenomenal. But for the offensive perspective, I wouldn't be worried as a Yankee fan because if you look at, what, I look at their box score lineup and you look at a box score from last year, it probably looks the complete opposite. Guys like LeMahieu going 0 for 4, leaving 4 guys on base. Judge 1 for 5, leaving 5 guys on base. Urshela 0 for 4, 2 strikeouts, 4 guys on base. And Gary Sanchez going 2 for 3 with a home run. And so it looks like the lineup flipped from last year. But listen, in that case, I wouldn't be worried because on a usual day, DJ LeMahieu's not going 0 for 4 unless there's something wrong with him. He's not doing that. The beautiful part about baseball is that there's 9 guys in the lineup and not everyone's got Mm -hmm. their best stuff today. And what makes the Yankees so talented is the depth in the lineup. You have Gary Sanchez, who batted 7th last game, went 2 for 3 with the home run, basically produced the only the, runs that's for the, the Yankees. that's the best part, Best part. Clint Frazier, I, in my opinion, is the best nine-hitter in baseball by a lot. And even during a press conference he had, he was even talking about how, like, you know, most teams I wouldn't be happy batting ninth, but knowing who, what is in front of me, I'm all for batting ninth, knowing the town, this line. The Yankees all believe in their lineup and what they have this year. And I believe in it, too. I mean, you know, I, I think Clint Frazier is definitely the best nine-hitter in baseball. Yeah, no. if, everything, if everything pans out, you're never catching a break as an opposing pitcher. I think that's what makes it so daunting, and I think that's why the Yankees will succeed. Because, I mean, even look at, like, D.J. LeMahieu on Thursday. I mean, he was, you know, a couple inches away from an RBI single that likely would have helped the Yankees win that ball game. but it was a nice play by Marcus Simeon uh, to take that base hit and RBI away from him. And that's just how baseball works. You know, I say it to my friends all the time, and they make fun of me for it, but literally, that's baseball. It happens, and, you know, some are going to fall, some are going to be caught, and it evens out most of the time, and if not, you know, you'll get the next game the next day. I think there's definitely some credit to be given to Hinjin Ryu. He, I think he pitched a really Very good well. game. Mixed his pitches so well. He tied up Judge. I know one time Urshela got tied up really good on a na- honestly on a, just a nasty fastball that they thought it would break like a slider. And Ryu struck out five through 5.1 innings. That's a really good opening day start. Yeah, he gave up the home run to Sanchez. But take that mistake away. And that's five or five or six shot out innings. So I think there's a, m- many credit that needs to be due there. But yeah, Simeon made a gr- really good play robbing LeMay here. 
you. Again, I just think that there's not that much to worry ridiculous. because we raved all all spring training, all spring. The three of us raved about how good the Yankees are going to be, and there's no point of getting upset over a, no. a one run ga- a run one loss because you don't want many of those games, but. It's going to happen, especially against a division rival like the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays are going to be with the Yankees. They're going to compete for this division, there's no doubt, especially because Springer's not even in the lineup yet. I know he's not going to be here probably for a month or two. I know he's dealing with uh, a tear somewhere. I forget what the initial injury was. But listen, when you got guys like Judge, I've hyped up Judge a lot. Stanton, I'm sure we'll get it going. You said he's in one of those slumps where he looks like he's never played baseball before. He's striking out three times in <laughs> I mean, five at-bats. I wouldn't at call it a slump. He did have a decent spring, but yeah, whenever but he's having one of those games where he just doesn't... Just brutal. There's, you can tell whether Stanton's going to have a good game or a very, very By bad By his first game. at-bat of the day. <laughs> <laughs> the first at-bat, like... Oh boy! <laughs> it's one of those. And here we go. And I, you know, I have a roommate who said trade Stan, and I look at him. I'm like, did you not watch the playoffs last year? Yeah, but that's this the thing. This man was the MVP of the postseason last year. That's the thing. You have to take the chance when he's going to walk up and wake oh, up on yeah. the on the good side of the pill that morning For sure. and rip the ball 118 miles an hour. And regardless if it they're outs or not, you're getting those swings, and it's automatically impactful. Yeah, and I think you know I wanted to touch on Ryu a little bit, and I think this kind of uh, leans into the oh, Stan issue. Change up. Ryu, well, that's my point. Ryu is changing speed so well. Exactly. You know, guys were late on a 90, 91 mile an hour fastball. And I think people look at that and are like, what's happening right here? But that's because Ryu is so dominant and does a good job of changing speeds. And, you know, he's not predictable. All of his pitches look the same until, you know, they're about two, three feet out in front of the plate. And I think that's what was fooling these Yankee hitters for a very long time. And then you go out and bring in some hard throwers from the bullpen and Dolis. Merriweather was very encouraging. He's going to be a big piece for the Blue Jays this year if he is. I was just be... about to say, the, the, it's so amazing how you can go from throwing 98 and then having a changeup that drops 70 miles per hour that goes 80-81. Yeah. You're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that it's, possible, it's so nasty, especially right-handed batters. It go, I believe it goes um, out and uh, down and away to right-handed batters, especially guys like Judge and Sanchez. I mean, Sanchez did a good job, but Torres, Lemayhew, they struggle with it. Also, Ryu drops in a slider that goes out to, down to your toes. Yeah, no, and I think I think I think the Blue Jays bullpen is going to be very very important for them this year. They lost Kirby Yates for the entire season, which is a huge blow. It was a risk when they were signing him because he's had injury problems in the past. Uh, but if Merriweather could be a guy uh, that they can rely on in the back end of that pen, along with Delise and a couple other pieces, mm-hmm. hopefully rising up, because they have no idea what their bullpen's going to look like this year. Exactly, their, their pitching staff as a whole is really questionable. Mm-hmm. You got Matt, who's a question mark. Robbie Ray, who had. a terrible year last year, but they really hope they're good, that he's going to bounce back. They brought him back. Um, Tanner Roark, again, the list goes on. There's a lot of question marks in that rotation and in that bullpen as a whole, and that's their biggest weakness right now. It doesn't matter how good of an offense you have. One, I think the Yankees' offense is better, yeah. but two, the Yankees have pitching, the Blue yeah. Jays don't, and that's going to be the difference maker. Some final stat lines for the bullpen as well. Chad Green, well, Aaron Chapman members suspended right now, so the Yankees are kind of finessing the end of the game. Uh, one more day today. Chapman will be back tomorrow if they need him. Uh, Chad Green came in for Cole after they did a phenomenal job of uh, an inning in two-thirds with only one hit. Didn't strike out anyone. Loisga came in through shutout ball with a strikeout. Darren O'Day made his Yankee debut, and I'm really excited about him. Yeah, that, no, that Darren O'Day pitching good is really well. I'm really well. excited about because him. Because look what they did. They turned in Adam Adovino, and they pulled out Darren O'Day. And, who and was the, Justin Wilson, but and he, Justin he'll Wilson. be back shortly. So I'm very but regardless, excited regardless, I mean, they had so much problems over the past at least over the past season, with trust issues with Adovino late in the game. The fact that they were able to bring in O'Day for, what was it, the ninth inning? And he was able to get through it, one, two, three, including a K. 
I mean, just switching up the arm slot, you know, O'Day is never an easy pitcher to pitch, especially when he's on and having him yeah. on late in the game. Ooh. Definitely, and his consistency to hit the bottom of the strike zone and sneak a fastball up about chest high, maybe a couple inches above <laughs> it's that. It's got to be like the biggest possible. shot to a hitter. Like, That's not they expecting. talk about a rising fastball with a high spin, right? And it has the illusion that it's uh-huh. rising, but coming from that arm slot, it's, it's literally rising. It's literally rising. Then mm-hmm. you have the consistency of being able to hit that spot at the knees, a slider at the knees as well. It's <laughs> uncomfortable. Up there. It's inc- it's insane. So it, I want to go over the Yankees. Uh, rest of their week, as we usually do here. Uh, Blue Jays, Saturday, Sunday. Then they bring in the Orioles, which is a good change of pace for them. <laughs> yes. uh, it looks like what the Yankees are going to be doing early when it comes to what they're going to do with their rotation, considering there's a decent amount of off days in the month of April. They have one pretty much every week, except for the last week of the month, is that they're going to, no matter what, go with uh, Garrett Cole every fifth day. And I think it's really good when you have pitchers like Tyone and Kluber. So the Yankees have, uh, like we said, Kluber today. Um, Herman will be making his uh, re-debut tomorrow. That will be interesting to see. Uh, then on Monday, Montgomery will make his debut for the year. Garrett Cole goes back on the bump Tuesday, and then they will go with Tyone making his Yankees debut on Wednesday against the Orioles. And then the following weekend, they travel down to Tampa, but we'll talk more about Tampa next week. I would imagine, considering of how the schedule works, Garrett Cole pitch on that Sunday versus Tampa. Or they could save him for Toronto. Those are two really good teams. But it'll be interesting to see because you know, we did our predictions for the AL East before, and we both, both all three of us, I believe, all had Yankees and Blue Jays at the top. So the, these two teams are really going to duke it out this year. Definitely, and you know, you get to face each other 19 times, and that's going to be one of the biggest stories in baseball. You know, we keep talking about the Mets and Braves, the Padres and Dodgers, but let's not forget about this one as well. And I think the Blue Jays displayed on Thursday. Again, it's one game, but you know, you need to take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, they display that they can put themselves up there with a team like the New York Yankees and that they can compete. So that will be very interesting moving forward here. I really do like uh, the strategy of having Cole pitch every fifth day because that's a guy who's ready. He's done it before, and you want to pitch him as much as you can. You still want to get him 30-plus starts here. But at the same time, it does benefit those guys like Kluber and Tyone, who we've talked about a lot the past couple weeks, haven't really thrown more than a couple innings in the last year and a half or so. It's something I thought about maybe the Mets could do with DeGrom because you want DeGrom to start as much as you can. And then you got Tywin Walker, who, again, hasn't thrown many innings the last couple years. Um, and then Syndergaard will be coming back as well. But the thing that's different with the Mets, I feel like, is there's so many other options, I feel like, that it makes it a little bit more difficult to manage that. But something I think they could consider. It was something that they could consider. It'll be interesting to see how this Yankees-Blue Jays opening day Series turns out, but we're going to take a quick break here of New York Take a Walk. When we come back, we'll talk about the newsless New York Mets. <laughs> newsless. Uh, there's plenty of news, there's Steve. There's plenty of news, but yes. Uh, stay tuned right here on VIC Radio. This is New York Take a Walk. Want to hear your favorite song sung by a different artist? Tune in to We Got It Covered on Thursdays from 10 to midnight, only on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. If you found $20 on a walk, you would think that's a lot of money. If you had to read 20 books for your class, you would think that's a lot of reading. If you had to stay awake for 20 hours straight, you would think it's a lot. But on the weekend of April 16th, four VIC radio DJs are going to show that staying awake for 20 hours is easy by staying up for 50. This year's 50-hour marathon benefits the Ithaca Children's Garden. More information at 50hours.org. 
As the midterms roll by and the tests and quizzes pile up by the day, if you feel like you're a little in over your head, consider finding yourself a free tutor at the ithaca.edu slash tutoring page online, getting yourself matched up with someone in whatever classes you need, and working out times that fit around your schedule so that you can focus on your schoolwork. New York, take a walk back here on VICRay.org. I am your host, Steve Durr, alongside Max Stanzer, Ethan Birch, as always, bringing you the latest in New York baseball on this beautiful Saturday morning on the South Hill. I don't know what I said last <laughs> block. Beautiful, what was it? Beautiful, beautiful South Hill? Beautiful on the South. Beautiful yeah. on the South. I mean, that kind of makes, makes sense a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, let's just go back into it, talk about New York baseball. The New York Mets, unfortunately, due to Nationals' positive COVID test, which looks like a mini outbreak on the team, did not play opening day, nor they're having an opening day weekend. That is being pushed uh, or rescheduled. I wonder how they're going to reschedule a whole series. We'll see how that goes. I would imagine it's going to be like within the next few series, they're going to add one game and do like some double headers, seven, eight double headers. Yeah. Maybe like at Nationals. Like, so say if they had a game at Nationals Park, they'll be like, okay, you know, this game, the Mets are home and this is seven innings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the MLB, they'll figure it out. They, they, I'm not worried about that. But anyway, they are now playing the Phillies um, opening day. That means the Grom's first game will be against Philadelphia on Monday and they're going to Philly. And then they play the Marlins on Thursday. And Saturday, so really nothing juicy. But uh, Ethan, I want to talk to you. What is going to make this Phillies matchup so tough? You know, there's a lot to. I mean, this, we we talked about this division last week, Steve. And the problem with this division is that there's a lot of good hitters in it, especially lefties. And look, I mean, look at the Phillies. Although they and they actually did win on opening day against the Braves on the walk off, but this is still a good lineup that they're going to have to worry about. Reese Hoskins is a guy who has just bad blood with the Mets. He seems to always do well against them. Harper is a guy who has taken Degrom yard multiple times, including one time when he broke his bat, which is which was really cool when he was in Washington. But there's a lot to worry about in this lineup, and I know that the Mets will have the edge pitching wise because Degrom's on the mound, and you know the Mets quote unquote do well on opening day. But you know there's. They, this is a big series for the Mets because they'll get back on track. They're probably going to face the mm-hmm. Phillies four and five at least the first two days. So they'll have the upper edge pitching matchup wise. But you know, it's curious to see how they approach it. The lineup wise, it looks like they have a lefty pitching on opening day against them. So the lineup's going to be a lot different than it usually would be. So another thing to keep in mind because they will be facing a righty on Tuesday. So I mean, the lineup structure is going to be a lot different for the Mets because you're not going to want to flood the the heart of the order with lefties because that's what the Mets would usually do. Yeah, I think it's Matt Moore who's supposed to pitch. Yeah, uh, I just saw that, yeah. Uh, That's going to be an interesting one because Moore was overseas last year pitching. um, So this will be his first or his return to Major League Baseball, which will be cool to see. But Jacob deGrom's Jacob deGrom. I would absolutely pick the Mets to win this ballgame. And I think there's sort of a different energy for the Mets. Not, you know, there was a different energy coming into Thursday because of the Uh the, the Lindor extension. But now you have this boiled up positivity, this boiled up, you know, Ambition, energy coming into Monday's game, and I think I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, and I think the Mets have their best, obviously have their best three pitchers lined up for that series, and that's an important series. It's against a division rival. Again, it's not the Braves, but the Phillies are still a very good team, and I think will compete this year. And I think I it's important at, to get I as many games as they can. I believe I had them in fourth or third. I had them in third. You had them in fifth, I think, Steve. You had them no, losing. No, I had them in fifth. 
Oh, I did have them. You did, I think. You had them behind <laughs> the Mariners. Yeah, I mean, they, they played. They played. A, they played a good game. They got. A, they got a really good start out of Nola. Was what they expected. Yes. And you know, realistically, what the Phillies are going to have to depend on is this back end of the rotation. Yes. Are they going to be able to win division games against the Mets? Are they going to be That's able to tough. take them from the Braves? And they were able to on opening day. But listen, there's still 161 more games. I would imagine. And Nola that was goes, their ace on the mound. Nola's going to go. I guess game Wednesday, three. right? Game yeah. Three. yeah. He'll go and against Peterson going against, against him. Peterson. And they, the Mets did exactly what we expected. They split up the back of the rotation. So. Uh, Peterson and uh, Lucchesi are split up. And oh, that was my prediction. What's his face goes, and right. Walker goes to the middle. So Walker Master's, gets the first Master's day. Go but I don't know if you guys saw, but the beauty of the Lindor signing when the news broke was that 30 minutes prior, Tyon Walker tweeted he that he goes, I have a really special tweet that I'm not gonna, I can't tweet out yet. Maybe in 30 minutes I'll do so. <laughs> Literally 29 minutes later, the news broke out. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was really funny. This guy, this guy loves happy. New York so much. His Twitter is unbelievable. Who, Taiwan or um, Taiwan or Lindor? Honestly, Lindor might like New York. Taiwan's a lot. Lindor a might like New York too. What I love about Taiwan is he loves to interact. He's very uh, giving. I know what a signing. No, I know. I, you know, the only concern is the health, but he was very good last year in eleven starts or so. He's just got to make it until uh, Stro. Uh, Syndergaard comes back. Syndergaard didn't, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, think, I, think, they him. Yeah, I don't think they want him to <laughs> get hurt. Yeah, no. I think he's still in the rotation no matter what. <laughs> that you're fine. And but, Carrasco, uh, you know. Yeah. But, uh, he, Do you think he still gets in, though? When, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walker should be in regardless. I, I think, think Luchessi, Luchessi's on the cusp. The only reason why I think they would prioritize Peterson is because they left. need a lefty. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and Luchessi's probably the odd lefty out in the rotation. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But He'll be slotting the bullpen. Oh, you think when both two come back and they're ready to go? That's a diff- more difficult because then you have Carrasco coming back and Syndergaard coming back. So that's that's Degrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Carrasco. One spot left unless they want to go six man, but that's eliminating. Jacob they DeGrom wouldn't starts. because of Degrom. They could do six man with Degrom every fi- like kind of what every the Yankees fifth day might regardless. do. That's what the Yankees are planning on doing. I'm pretty sure to start on early yeah. on. That's what Aaron Boone has expressed. I know we're just in Mets yeah. talk, but anyway, they, that's what they've told Davey. Davey's gonna be pitching like late April. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, don't be surprised if. We you see him up during those time because when there's a stretch, I think they're going to slide Davy and they don't. They are really going to be careful with Tyone and Kluber this year. What yeah, the, they need to be. They need to be, especially long term purposes for Tyone because he's still somewhat young. I know Kluber is only out of one year, regardless, but that's something that they should take into consideration. But yeah, I mean, I'm just praying. I'm just praying that by the time Syndergaard and Kraska are ready to go, that we have to deal with a situation like that. I hope everyone's doing well enough where there's a com- there's a real competition about where in the world are we going to throw Syndergaard and Krasko to make this make sense? Because both those guys are slated to return at very similar times. I think Syndergaard more or less uh, later because news broke out yesterday that Carrasco already threw live BP. Good. And his hamstring is there. He's progressing way faster than I thought. But the last thing I want to do is rush because, you know, rushing is just leads to a lot of bad things as Baseball doesn't treat that well. And you have options, and it's early that's the in the season. Of it. And I think that's where, like, you know, if God forbid Jacob Degrom is hurt, sure, maybe you, you have a little bit more urgency there to get it back. But you don't need yeah. Carrasco back immediately, right? Exactly. Now. You could yeah. test the waters with these guys, and that's what they're going to do because their season literally hasn't even mm-hmm. started yet. So plenty of time to work with it. Oh, uh, Mr. Ethan Birch, I want to talk about this Lindor extension that makes you so happy and scream. Of course. Um. We got a 10-year, $341 million deal. He also has a $21 million signing bonus and flat salaries of th- of $32 million each year. So it's pretty much there's no gradual um, – there's no, like, gradual decrease or, like, front-heavy. It's yeah. pretty much consistent, which I, I like, I guess. Um, or I also like front-heavy contracts, if anything, because it kind of, like, prove you yourself now. Way. 
The problem um, is with that, I think the Mets would never have done something like that. I thought they were going to actually backload the contract because... Backload? Yeah, I thought they were going to end up trying to pay it later because they want to they want to extend Conforto yeah. and they want to extend Syndergaard and they've already made... They have, I believe Flat they already, fine, though, for the situation, yeah. Yeah, no, it, flat's fine and it makes sense, but I thought they would go backload because they want to give Syndergaard money right now because they've already reached out to him and a rumor has it that they already have a contract on the table for Lindor that they're waiting for him to review and counter or something but yeah they have already offered Conforto a contract extension as well that is huge for the Mets and definitely keeping that core weight can we talk about something I am here on the internet mm-hmm. and they say the nickname for Francisco Lindor is Paquito is that a thing I've never heard that I've never heard and that Mr. I've... Smile is that is that does that mean spi- smile in Spanish it could that, that would make sense no it says nickname Paquito and Mr. Smile Mr. Smile I've heard Mr. Smile and I've heard he yeah. doesn't like to be called Frankie That's no right. it's not I don't know. My friends, my friend, the Cleveland, small? my friend who's a fan of the po- Cleveland baseball club, he's called him that. How do you spell yeah. Poquito? Um, now you should. Yeah. You should call him that. And <laughs> he has a dog named after Francisco Lindor. Frank, and he, they, he calls him Frankie Lindor. But I don't know. He's, he said once he got the Mets uh, acquired, and he might, he might have to change his dog's name <laughs> after like five years. Could you imagine having a dog and then five years later just changing the name? What's sad is, you know, Lindor was going to be that franchise player, and it just didn't work out. I think the Indians knew that they couldn't extend him. And yeah, they, they offered him like $200 million. Now look at this. He signs a $341 million all contract for the yeah. biggest shortstop contract in baseball. My idea was, and I don't know, I don't have anything to prove this, but my, but my assumption is, is that Lindor, if he was going to stay with Cleveland, wanted to test free agency no matter what, and the Indians knew that they couldn't compete with that, so said, hey, let's get something out of it. And they got good pieces in Jimenez and Rosario and so forth, so I don't think it's the end of the world. It's really disappointing. You never want to mm-hmm. see a star player like that traded, especially for the Indians. Well, look, they still got Jose Ramirez built around him. He's on a really team-friendly deal, too. Mm-hmm. Totally. But, but, no, with Lindor, it's tough to see. I think it's similar with Mookie Betts. I think the Red Sox, while they absolutely could have afforded him, were dealing with the luxury tax issues, excuse me, and probably said, look, we want to keep him, but realistically, we probably can't afford to keep him right now because we have Bogarts on a big contract, Sale on a big contract, so forth, the list. Totally, and, I want, and I'll emphasize this. I've emphasized it on Twitter as well, of why it was so important to give Lindor what he wanted. Because at this point, you made the trade, you got rid of your two major league-ready shortstops, and two other prospects. So you already did enough to get Lindor. If you don't sign him back, you this trade would look like the Mets were absolute fools to do it. Because it would make no sense for them to do that only for one year. And listen, and if they didn't, another thing that could have been lingering was bad blood between the fans, maybe between Lindor, between the ownership. There could be people like, Steve, are you kidding me? This entire season, we're going to be thinking about it the whole year that you weren't able to make make it happen with Lindor, the guy that you it was brought. It's going in. to happen. Yes, I, that's, and that's why, and that's why I think this was ready. If you weren't gonna, if they did that trade and didn't extend them, they would have been... looked insane because uh, they yeah. also set the opening day restriction, and now you go the entire season. That's what it was frustrating me that it took until the night of, and that's why I think this was a setup thing. That's why <laughs> I, I don't know. I have a little conspiracy. It's theory. kind of, it's just kind of crazy if they didn't because they traded both of their shortstops of the it future make sense to, the, to not make this guy to the Cleveland. man for, they traded for both 10 years. Rosario and Nunez. So if they didn't re-sign him, what would happen? Who would be the shortstop? They would have to figure it out through free agency, it, maybe some sort of prospect. Yeah, they, there's teams that want Lindor. I know the Yankees, uh, and a lot, I've spoken to Yankees fans, the they're Yankees like, yeah, we wanted Lindor, Lindor in free agency. Mess. If he fell to you, the Yankees would have been on negotiations. I don't know what I would do. I, I would just be weird. I, I don't even know what would happen. <laughs> we would have to get rid of Void or Urshela. 
Yeah, I mean, or, the Yankees are they, rumored. I to, think the plan was if they didn't extend LeMahieu, then you work with Lindor. But like, I don't even want to talk. I think about maybe that. maybe the Yankees just thought that. Listen, the Mets are probably going to lock up Lindor regardless. They have the money. They They're going to outbid any team in free agency that probably would want Lindor, depending on how his season goes. Yeah. But I think there's also a risk that needs to be. Um, in with Lindor is that a lot of players struggled their first year in New York. A lot of players did. You know, Jericho was a iffy. It's it's he you know it's, it's not a tough place to play. So I think that if he has a not so great year and not what we were expecting, he's not hitting three hundred. He's not hitting thirty home struggling. runs. I think it's not something to be worried about because there's still nine more years and he's probably going to be playing Bay. the best baseball of his life soon. So yes, I'm at least I'm crossing my fingers Bay. for so. Oh Jason, Bay. Jason Met, Bay. New York Met lightning <laughs> Jason Bay. But I, I think I think it would have been crazy if they didn't sign the door, especially mm-hmm. with Steve Cohen's antics on Twitter. Just it seemed like he was goofing around the whole time. I know, and that's what was basically. making so many people upset. I'm like, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yes, but another thing too, what I love about this for the Mets is is they got they were able to lock down a franchise player. Now I know they have Degrom, but on the offensive side of things, a guy that plays every day, they really haven't had that in the last ten, twenty years or so. Maybe you could mm-hmm. argue David Wright or Jose Reyes, but I really don't think that's on the same level as nope. a guy like a Francisco Lindor or a guy like an Aaron Judge and so forth. And so the fact that they were able to break out the money, I think they absolutely uh they they well surpassed the record contract of David Wright by like a hundred fifty million or something yeah, like massively. that. Yeah, uh, massively. Which is really, really good to see, especially for the Mets fan base. And it just shows the change in culture and the change in urgency from this new ownership crew. And again, I don't know how much more money they have to spend. It seems like they're suggesting they have a lot more to spend. Uh, but you got your guy for a very long time. And Francisco Lindor easily could by the end of this contract be the best met of all time. And that's what I'm that's what that's what's so important Ooh. about it. Cuz when you put when you as soon as this ball hit the paper, <laughs> as soon as this trade was coming through and you knew uh, excuse me the uh the signing. Like automatically this is your guy for 10 years. He's literally about to be entering his prime, well at least I we hope so and assume. Uh-huh. And he's already done so much in his 5 years of major league baseball, 4 years of being an all-star, of his 5 major league years in service. There's so much like this can be a hall of famer this and max what you can ask but exactly what I was going to allude to that I think this could have been. This could be the best thing ever for New York Mets and it's just the beginning, which is so exciting. Yeah, literally, DeGrom and Lindor by the end of this could be argued to be two of the best players in Mets history, which is really cool. It's really crazy to see a new era is upon us in New York where both teams might be dominant. Make sure to stay tuned right here on VIC Radio. This is New York Take a Walk. When we are back, we will be previewing our postseason predictions. Make sure to stay tuned right here on VIC Radio. Looking for your classic rock fix? Every Thursday, 6 to 8, you can join me, DJ Dog, on the kickback. We'll have some classic rock tunes right here on VIC. When the red flashing lights on a school bus come on and the stop sign comes out, you must stop. In New York State, you cannot move again until the red flashing lights go off and the stop sign is retracted, or until the driver or a traffic officer signals it is okay to pass. You must stop even on the opposite side of a divided highway. If you decide it's okay to risk a child's life and pass a stop school bus, you could face fines or even have your license revoked. Is it really worth it? Always obey the school bus stopping law in your state. <clears throat> VIC Radio. Hello. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good, you know. It's so typical of me to talk. No, like, no. Tell me what you want to hear. That's why, you know, that's what radio DJs do. 
take requests and, you know, are you, you're still talking, okay. Sounds good. We take requests. Call in at 607-274-1059 or tweet us at VIC Radio. Oh, Adele it just gets me going. I think Adele's great. <laughs> that honestly. is just beautiful. Hello, fantastic. <laughs> uh, welcome back to New York Take Walk <laughs> here on VIC Radio. We bring you the latest in New York baseball and honestly baseball all around America. We love the MLB; it's amazing. But we're here on this Saturday morning trying to give you some entertainment, and that was a little bit of Adele right there, Max. Great ad play then right there. You know, I gotta love the ads. Gotta love the ads. Anyway, if you've been with us, we just previewed and reviewed the Yankees uh, this past week, and also the Mets. Well, we just previewed because you know the Mets, of course, had their opening day canceled. Classic New York Mets. Anyway, we're gonna go into <laughs> our the last few weeks. We did an American League East prediction. We did a National League East prediction. Now we're gonna do full on playoff predictions. So what we're gonna do here is we're gonna give you the two wild card teams first. Then we're gonna give you each division winner. Uh, we already explained our division winners in the past, and then we're going to rank them where you're going to have your division winner and who's going to play the wild card game winner. And then we're going to, oh, excuse me. Then we're going to have uh, who beats what in what series and your World Series champion. So, Max Tanzer, I'm giving you the bat. Let's see your prediction for this year's postseason. Let's start with the National League. All right, let's do it. So, I'm going to have the. Dodgers winning the National League West, the Cardinals winning the National League Central, and the Braves winning the National League East. The Dodgers will be the one seed, Braves two seed, Cardinals three seed. My wild card will be Padres Mets, Padres hosting. But I have the Mets win that one because they'll have Jacob DeGrom on the mound, and Jacob DeGrom will Against not be Against probably you, Darvish, or yes. I, yes, know, I, think, I think that, that will be a be tremendous crazy. matchup. That could be an NLCS matchup, which is crazy. But you know, what's crazy with the rules is that I, you can argue that hypothetically— uh, the Padres could be the second best team in the National League, and the Mets could be like the fourth best team in the National League, and then they're going to have to face off in the first round. And no matter what, they have to play. And the Padres have a. They can both have both. I think both of them might have better records than the Cardinals. Oh, I think that will. They, they will. I think. I think they will. Yeah. And I think you know the Padres did a good job this offseason, and they're built good for the wild card. But would be so interesting about that game is we're probably seeing starters coming out of the pen for the Padres. I don't even oh, know yeah. if the Mets will need it because you have the best pitcher on the planet already. And I think that's the ultimate weapon, and I think that's why the Mets have a little bit more security in a wild card game. You know, again, there's fluke. There's fluke games. No, DeGrom had a tough one against the Phillies last year. But I think on the big stage, DeGrom would win that one. So in that case, DeGrom and the Mets would go on to face the Dodgers. I would have the Dodgers winning that one. Unfortunately, I apologize, Mets fans. I will oh. be rooting for the Mets in that <laughs> series, though. Okay, how happens. many games? I'm going to say, let's say five games. Let's make it deep. Hmm. All right. Then the other series will be Braves-Cardinals rematch yeah, Braves. in the 2019 NLDS. I think the Braves easily win that one. I just think they're a deeper team. Uh, then we're getting a rematch of the NLCS from last year. And I'm going to go, let's go with the Braves. A little bit of an upset here. This is an upset. I'm throwing wow. it in for fun. Hey but now. I do think it's possible. The Braves were a game away from the World Series last year. I think they got better. They improved their pitching staff. That was something that was a little thin in the championship series last season. And look, they took it to seven games. Why can't they do it this year as well? And I think they're a better team than they were last year. So let's say the Braves go into the World Series. My initial preseason prediction was Dodgers-Yankees World Series. But I'll, I'll put the Braves in here. I think it's possible. And I like that. I All want right. to see it. Let's, let's see this American League now, Max. All right, my American League in the West that's a little bit more shaky. I'm going to go the with Mariners. the Mariners. Mariners, no, no. <laughs> the Houston Astros <laughs> in the American League West winning. They've gone uh, off to a good start. Someday, I, Max. I just also think overall they're the best team in that division. One day, Max. Division. You'll, you'll be Two back. Two years from now, man. 
Birch and I will still be here. New York Take a Walk will still be running here. Yeah, we have BIC, to. And the Mariners will be in the playoffs. I've told Max, 2023, I'm ready for it. October of our senior year. It's going to happen. And we'll okay. have Steve come back in. It's going to be fantastic. If the Mariners make the playoffs... <laughs> You are flying back here to talk about it with us. You have okay. to, or we're just we'll calling. Do, we'll, we'll see. We'll Before, figure that out. We'll get there when we get there, Max. Let's not get too confident. All right, so you have the Astros <laughs> winning the American League West. I do. The Central, I have the Chicago White Sox. I think we might all agree on that. The Twins are good. I think the Twins will push for a while. A lot of people are picking the Twins still. I still think the White Sox are just better overall. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. really good. The top two in the rotation mm-hmm. is dominant. Um, and then in the East, I have the Yankees. Yep. And then my wild card will be the Twins hosting the Blue Jays. Mm, and who? Okay, so who we have winning in the Twins Blue Jays game? I'm gonna go with the Twins. Kenta Maeda will start that game. And that wow, what a matchup that would be! That's Kenta a Maeda crazy Maeda matchup too. Yeah. Wow, that's very interesting. Um, that's hard. The more that I think about it, I'll but still go with the Twins. These teams can also like mm-hmm. add at the deadline and yes. add starting pitchers you know, that may so be hard. impactful in like wild so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah all see. right. The Twins will beat the Blue Jays. I'll say that, which I think is honestly a little bit of an upset. I think some people would value the Blue Jays a little bit higher. But uh, I think the Twins have a better bullpen, even though Colomay did get hit hard. I expect him to bounce back. Uh, and their rotation as a whole will help them deeper in the postseason. But unfortunately, it's going to line up that they play the number one seeded New York Yankees and get eliminated by the Yankees once How again. How many games? Uh, three games. It's Do you be think sweep. it's going to be sweep? Oh, the Twins? Yes. The classic Yankees-Twins yeah, sweep. Yeah, they'll go Twins. Tw- not even that. I that think would the make the Twins? well above the Twins That would right give now. If they swept the Twins, that would give the Twins... 21 straight playoff losses, and I think they would have to like forfeit the franchise. <laughs> okay, at that point. I'll give them a break. Four games. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, all right. And then, all right, all right so we got Astros and White Sox. Who do you like in that one? White Sox for sure. And That's five really or matchup. four? Um, or th- I know you're not going to go three. I'll go four. I'll go four. I do think the White Sox are a step up. But the you know what? Let's go five. The Astros have been there before. Yeah, they that's why they scare me. They and they doing. proved it to us last year as well, being 29-31. Mm-hmm. Again, I think people judge the 29-31 record a little bit too much. The Astros yeah, didn't sure have enough be. time to get hot. They got hot at the right time. And remember, if that was a regular one hundred and fifty-two game season... season the Astros would get hot, then their record would be better, and they yep. probably would have ended up winning that division over the A's. So Yankees, White Sox, uh, Yankees, White Sox. Who do you Yankees got? Yankees for sure. And Yankees then, in six. So I think the White Sox. Yankees, Braves, World Series. What wow, we got? That's cool. That's cool. Just um, like the nineties from ninety six and ninety six and ninety nine. Ninety six. That was the first time the Yankees won since seventy eight. That was in six games. Where's that legendary rotation of Smoltz, Glavin, and uh, Maddox? And the ninety nine, they swept in the Yankees, which was crazy. Yes, so my preseason prediction, without walking through this in my head, was going to be Dodgers in five over the Yankees in the World Series. But uh, now that I put the Braves in there, which I still like, I'll go Yankees in seven over oh, the Braves. Max. Wow. Max, that, that, makes me, that makes me tear up a bit. I know. You've converted me to New York sports fan, I guess. Wow. Oh, my God. Let's go. There's no bias here, actually. There I'm is no bias. Yeah, there Remember, is no people, bias. Max is a Mariners fan. <laughs> he's as even as a guest. He like, is middle, a bum. Middle man as a guest Max between is Mets a and bum, Yankees. people. He is <laughs> a I bum. Will, what I will say is the Yankees' best shot to win the World Series this year is not if the Dodgers, if the Dodgers are not. Yes. Or yeah. the Mets, honestly. The Mets would scare me just because that they're pitching. That would be pitching. so great. And I, I, that would be so okay. great. Anyway, Mr. Birch, go over here. You talk while I freak out. <laughs> All right, so I'll do National League first. Actually, I want to do American League first. No, no, because... well, you're doing the National League first because that's how we're doing this. Fine, fine. Oh, Steve's always giving me a, a hard the time. Is, <laughs> so I'll start off with West. I think the Dodgers are going to win the West and be the one seed. I think they're going to win well over 100 games. I mean, I think, I think there's a very possibility that the, the Padres and Dodgers win over 100 games. 
Like, realistically, that's yes, my bold yeah. prediction. I think both teams went over 100 games this year because that bottom of the division is just... They're going to feed off of They that. are going to feed off that. So, Dodgers, first place. Second place, Braves and winning the East. Third place, Cardinals winning the Central. I think the wild card teams, I think the Mets are going to host. I know they're, they're going to go to San Diego. So same the thing. exact same thing as Max for the, for the National League. And you League. have the Mets winning that game with your Yes, prizes. absolutely. And I have them going on to, the, to L.A. and winning in five against L.A. I okay. think Bauer pitches game three in City Field and gets lit up by the Mets. But City Field so cool. is going to annihilate Bauer in game three. I hope they pitch in game three. That would be, be so right. good for baseball. That it would be... only be right for the Dodgers to pitch Bauer. I know they, they have him as Las Lada as their two right now. Because they made a pitch today, but I hope something would change around. I mean, you never know. You I can think go Bauer Kershaw would voluntarily pitch in New York, honestly. I think he would go up to Robert and be like, pitch me game three. I think he would. I mean, he, he either would might, like he might he go like out that. there and dominate and scream at all the Mets and maybe cause a fight. But, I mean, that's what he's, he wants to do. But regardless, I think the Mets win that series in five. That's been my prediction for so long. Braves versus Cardinals. Braves win. Classic NL East National League Championship Series. I think... Oh my God! Bold take. Mets win. They're moving on to the World Series in the in the National League. On to the American League. The Yankees win their division with ease. Win over a hundred games. I have the White Sox winning their division. They win ninety something games. Houston's going to win that division as well. So I think Max said the same thing. The wild card game. I have Minnesota hosting it against Toronto. Toronto wins. They move on to play the Yankees. I have the Yankees in four. I think they'll win the division series pretty easily against Toronto. They'll face them enough times this year to know what they're doing. The other matchup is the White Sox versus the Astros. The Astros win that. Astros Yankees not ALCS. The matchup Yankees fans have been waiting for, destined to happen. Yankees win in six. Go on to play the Mets. Subway Series, World Series, and... You think the Mets are win the World Series this year? No, I'll go Yankees. Because, wow. because, because listen, listen, I don't even really, know. Really, I don't like how... The, I you think the Mets will win it. I don't like the Yankees. I, I, I don't know I don't know where, I don't know where I don't to be here. I don't think the Yankees match up against the Mets well. I just don't starting pitching. I mean, what, who knows? I, mean, what, it just depends I don't know what, what my prediction own. is here. I don't know what my prediction it's is because p- the Mets and the Yankees, I feel like they're both teams in similar win-now situations, and they're both stacked on different parts of their team. It depends. Like, like I just... The it depends how Tyone and Kluber are really. We don't know that. Yeah, you know, Severino if, will be back. So if Severino's back and Severino form, that plays a huge impact in that rotation. Then I'm way more relaxed and having Kluber and Tyone be in the back end of a playoff rotation, I'm very or Severino exactly. I'm very all for that. And then they can keep up with the Mets considering the Yankees have that huge advantage in the bullpen. So then I'm okay with that. And like remember, as Ethan said, Trade deadline, Yankees could go get another yeah, starter. Figure. Exactly, and the Mets could add another bat. You never know, like a third baseman. So there's so much to happen, so and this is just raw. Just pick raw a team. Positions. Are you going with the Yankees? I'll go Yankees. Okay. I'll go Yankees. Because, go. Yeah, I think the Yankees are going to be the best team. Now, now here comes the real and predictions that matter the compared only one that to matters. all. The only ones that matters is uh, the great Steve. Their predictions for the postseason, and once again, I will be riding with the Padres and the Mets wild card. With the Mets also winning that game, Braves winning the East, as we all have. For the Central, I'm gonna go with Milwaukee. I, I love that. Yeah, I that's a, that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. But they're gonna have a terrible record. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna get beat up at the first and, round. By the... And the and the uh, Braves will beat them. Actually, yeah, the Braves will beat them. There, that's my, that's my matchup. Dodgers, Dodgers, Mets. Also in the in the NLDS, I have the Dodgers winning. I just think they're too good. I in five, it's gonna be really good. Really close. The experience at the end of the day. The Mets also don't really have that much postseason experience within the lineup. They have the experience. Yeah, their pitching was there the their first, pitching, first couple years. Their pitching is not what I'm worried about. It's the lineup. How they're going to hit in October. Pete Alonso, for some reason, I feel could scare me in October. Anyway, 
I got Dodgers in five. I have the Braves sweeping the Bra- the Brewers. I have the Dodgers defeating the Braves in six. In the American League, remember, I have the Blue Jays in winning the American League East. If you oh, all remember that. Oh, okay. So that, that this is what's crazy. So that means I have the White Sox having the best record in base in the American League. And the Yankees facing the Angels in the wildcard okay. game. Okay. I think Trout is finally due for that postseason experience. Something's just going to happen. Something is going to happen for them. They're going to make the playoffs. Yankees will beat them in the wildcard game. They will face the White Sox, and they will beat the White Sox in four. So that's that prediction. Then we're going to go down for the Astros and Blue Jays game. I think the Astros will use their playoff experience. Springer rematch against his old team. Astros prevail against the Blue Jays also in four games. That would be a really cool series. Blue Jays. I have the better record over the Astros as well. And then I have the Astros-Yankees rematch, and I'm going with the Yankees. This is it. I really want to see the Yankees beat the Astros. And the Yankees will beat the Astros also in six. Revenge of the six. And then we get to Yankees-Dodgers, <laughs> which scares me a lot. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to go with the Dodgers winning the World Series in six. We'll go six. We'll, no, we'll go with the six. I... I at the end of the day, the lineup, the, I like the Dodgers lineup better. The pitching is just more experience for the postseason with the Dodgers. They've just been there before. I think, gonna, I think they're going to win a back-to-back World Series title. And I think that's what's going to happen. I, I, like I said, I mentioned this before on, uh, in previous episodes. This is it for Aaron Boone. As in, they you win, win the American League this year. So that's, that's why I'm predicting that. If he doesn't win the American League this year, fire him. Move on. Exactly. And figure out figure out and as much as good as the Dodgers are the reason I said that I think the Mets are going to make the World Series because I think if they were able to take down the Dodgers in five games they would have enough momentum to beat the Braves because of however they were so well you heard, our predi- there. you heard our predictions here on New York take a walk when we come back we're going to take a little bit of a league look around in Major League Baseball and we also have the best segment in all of radio shows Max's Mariners talk so make yes. sure to be to stay tuned right here on New York take a walk on VIC At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Are you feeling depressed? Melancholic? Experiencing a case of the Mondays? Blue? Exhausted, emotionally drained, not excited, depressed, miserable, unhappy, dejected, or sad? Well, there's only one cure. Listening to Real Sad Lad Hours Mondays from 10 to midnight on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. New York Take a Walk here on VIC Radio on this Saturday morning. Here to bring you the latest in New York baseball. I'm your host, Steve Durr, alongside Max Sanders, Ethan Burch. Our last segment here today, we're just going to go around... um, and talk about general league games that we've watched over the past few days. Uh, the Rays so far up 2 nothing in their little series with the Marlins. 
Uh, we had a one nothing game. Glasnow looks really good against the Marlins. The Marlins were hanging in there right now. And the Marlins were winning until the ninth inning until Tampa came back yesterday. So it's re- they're really proving that they're a dangerous team. Uh, in my wild card prediction with the Angels, they are 1-1 one one right now. 12, they just lost yesterday to the White Sox 12-8. That offense looks deadly per usual. The Astros are off to a hot start. Also, nine, they won 9-5 against the A's. And a lot of people are expecting Astros A's to be the top of the American League West. Padres are looking like the Padres thus far. They had a crazy opening day game. That Padres yeah. D-back team was really, really, really good. Was fun. Tim Castro had a big home run. Yep. Uh, but the the Padres prevailed, and they also won yesterday 4-2. to two. And Max's Mariners, you know, they had a crazy game on opening day as well. And that we'll get to, we'll get to it uh, shortly. But uh, the thing that uh, I've been watching, uh, Nathan Avaldi, I think, is a pitcher that gets overlooked by many. Mm-hmm. He is really he talented when he's healthy. He was really good yesterday. The, the Red Sox didn't win. Baltimore actually won 3 nothing. John uh, Means was nasty yesterday. Jack Means was also really, really good. He's very underrated and underappreciated by many in the league. Uh, Kike Hernandez got his first hit for the Red Sox in that game, and J.D. Martinez is the only other hit. So I'm, I'm asking you, what team that we haven't really talked about much are you looking forward to see and follow along a little bit on the side? The one that I've actually been really interested in the last couple of nights is the Angels. I know you said you had them as a wild card team. I actually think this is a tremendous opportunity for them to take advantage of a weak AL West and sneak into a wild card spot. And they've been hanging in there with a really good White Sox team. Came back on Thursday night on opening day, and yesterday that was a very close ball game. I think it was seven six until their bullpen blew it up a little bit in the ninth inning, and they lost twelve eight. But still, they're hanging in there. That offense is very very good. The rotation. Again, has some question marks, but I think has the capabilities of being really good. They revamped their bullpen right before opening day. It's better. I think they could push for a wild card, and I think they could take advantage of what could be a very weak American League West. As Remember, 47% of your season is against your division. Um, Other teams, too, the Brewers, I think, are really interesting. Obviously, coming back on opening day, you had them as your division winner. I don't think people realize how good the Brewers are. Their one-two punch at the top of the rotation, and Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff is really underlooked. Their bullpen's fantastic when you have Devin Williams, Josh Hader, Freddie Peralta is your back three. And their offense, again, is a little bit thin, but they improved their defense with Jackie Bradley Jr. and Colton Wong. Yelich is absolutely going to bounce back. He has to bounce back. That was was really weird last year to see that. Yes, and I think it was just a victim of the short season. He hit the ball harder than anyone. J.D. Martinez needs to have a a bounce back year at the DH role for the Red Sox as well. Mm -hmm. No doubt. I think the Red Sox we can look at as well. I mean, this is a team with uh, some young guys coming up that can be very well. I know Sale is gonna Sale is gonna make his return sometime yep. soon. I don't know the timetable on him exactly, but we all know what Chris Sale is capable of doing. And the the Red Sox. I mean, listen, I, I don't they think they're gonna. Core. I don't think they're gonna win that. I know, I know. I'm ta- we're just talking about teams that like we're gonna like, yeah. follow on that like we'll give top teams struggle, but yeah, not fans that, that That's exactly what I think the Red Sox are gonna do. They're gonna give trouble to teams. I think the Yankees, without a doubt, that's a gimme. But also the Blue Jays that they're gonna have trouble. They're gonna give some uh, tough times with because you're right. I mean, remember Nathan Evaldi in 2018 how insane he was in the playoffs like that may have been his peak but I mean if he can pitch somewhere like that yeah and that offense is still very good exactly you have Bogarts Bobby Delbeck who had a tremendous spring a rookie of the <laughs> year candidate spring. Rafael Devers J.D. Martinez Verdugo. if he bounces back Alex Verdugo Franchi Cordero who they got in that trade with the Royals I think is definitely a guy that they could be or that they could be confident could be a very promising young player to move forward here. I Christian Vasquez has always been a very solid backstop behind the dish for them. Again, 
they're not a complete team, but they're a very, very solid team. And I think there's a narrative that the Red Sox are terrible right now, and they're going to finish in last place. No, the Red Sox will compete this year, I think, and could win you know, somewhere around 80 games and give a lot of trouble to the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees in that division. No doubt. Another team I want to look at. They're actually one of my favorite teams to watch, and that's the Chicago White Sox. Oh. What did you you think? The (laughs) Diamondbacks? Uh, Ethan, I don't want to talk about teams that are going to make the playoffs in our eyes. Oh, we're talking about... Do you okay. not listen to me? I don't think people listen. <laughs> okay, but okay, fine, fine, fine. But, but the White Sox are going to be a fun team to watch. I really like the yeah. lineup. Do you see the kid, Michael Kopech? Yes, he was Kopech's great. Michael Kopech? I want to see... I can't see Crotchet again. Crot- or Crochet? Cro- yeah, crochet, Crochet. Crochet, you know, I get but Crochet. They got two guys he in that is, rotation. I mean, that bullpen. He is going to be so good. I really like... He's they such a fun player to watch. two young guys. And Foster. And Foster. Hendricks. Hendricks. Really good bullpen. I mean, just Kopech and uh, Crochet alone. Two, one, uh, Kopech's a righty, Crochet's a lefty, and they both sit in the one, in triple digits. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Crazy. Two innings, three Ks last I night for Kopech. I remember him coming in in the wild card series last year, then he got hurt. Yeah, uh, like but he was throwing absolute gas. Absolute gasoline. Yeah, like pitching at Tennessee earlier in the year. Earlier in that year. year. (laughs) That's what made last year, I think, so special because of those weird scenarios you have where people were drafting with Ryan Lee. You would never, never Never see see that. that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, baseball makes baseball so interesting is that once you're drafted, you're you're not going right to the team. You're going to low A ball, and then you're working way up. But due to the circumstances, you have to make adjustments, um, trust prospects that you draft. Especially the ones with college. I think it's a little different if you had a high school prospect oh or an international signing. I don't think we'll ever see that. That, that, yeah. wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened either way. But if you draft in the first round someone from college, you know, when you play people from college, they're, they're, some teams, they're really, really good. They're like low A ball as well. So you. Let's see the Pirates bring up Jack Leiter in August. How about that? I mean, imagine <laughs> that kid. I don't think he pitched last them, night. That yeah. kid is a stud. He's 11 Ks attractive. through four innings. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to get touched. At he least at the college level. I think he'll definitely have to need some time to pitch in minor league ball. Totally. But, but oh, if, they, if he so if he's good. developed properly, so good. Hey, oh, he could be man. up in a year. I'm and excited half. to yeah. see him. Yeah, he's going to be a quick come up too. All right. So, you know, this is we got to go to our favorite segment of the day. I know he's so excited by that board over there and to talk about the Max's Mariners. Uh, I'm not going to call them the Seattle Mariners anymore. They're Max's Mariners. <laughs> I don't want, What is Seattle anyway? Even though you're from there, I don't care. This is Max's Mariners. Exactly. It's time for Max's Mariners talk here on VIZ Radio. <laughs> Max, we once again we need the bump. Here we go, Birch. Come we on, let's go for three, two, one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you guys. <laughs> Thursday night's game was quite wild. Okay, it was a wild one. I, it was so special because I was just so happy to see the Mariners back on TV again. And obviously, for anyone, opening day is so meaningful. And Kevin Gosman was mowing the Mariners down. I mean, for the first four or five innings or so, he had no-hitter-type stuff until Kyle Seeger hit a, I don't want to call it a shift double, but uh, hit. Uh, they were shifting him towards the right side, and he had a line drive down the left field line for a double. But uh, his pitch count was in tremendous shape throughout the entirety of that ball game, about six or 55 pitches or so through six innings, and the Mariners were not having a good time. Third time, third time through the order started to mix in that changeup, and it was deadly, but... Gabe Kapler took him out fairly early because it's his first start of opening day and handed it off to the bullpen, a bullpen that was honestly atrocious for the Giants, could not throw strikes. And I will admit, in many ways, the Giants handed the Mariners that game because of walks and a big error by Brandon Belt throwing a 
or fielding a double play ball, potential double play ball, and th missed throwing to Brandon Crawford covering second base, pulling him a little bit wide to the right field side of the second base bag. So then the two runs would score. The Mariners would take the lead. And then heading into the ninth, Rafael Montero, who had a very difficult spring, scared me a bit, hung an 0-2 changeup to Alex Dickerson, who hit a screaming line drive to one of the deepest parts of the yard in right center field to tie the game. And at that point, I'm like, all right, well, we got to win this game now, right? Uh, Max, I need to ask you this. How do you, so you you stay up for every Mariners game? Yes, the last so two nights have been up till ten thirty three. You plan on like because we're on East Coast time. You're going to plan to be up till one or two well, a.m. See, I thought night? about this. I planned my schedule where I don't have any morning classes. Just oh. just for the Max's Mariners. Yeah, I mean it's an important part. For, it's important totally. part of my life. You know the Mariners. I, it's, I love silly. that Mariners mask on you, Max. It's yes, be, it's it beautiful. doesn't look. Great. He's got the headband too. The headband is sick. I should wear the headband for the next. Yeah, show. next next you one, know? wear it. Yeah. All right, no, and get you the hat out of there. We don't. What is it? What is this S on that? We need. We need a chance with the M. Yeah, we need the M's. Ma Double they, M. The spring training logo. The spring training logo they wear has an M with the compass rose. In the See, that's the one you. That's the one you need. I have the hat, then I'll wear it next time. With the headband underneath. There we go. That, that's how you do it. But, uh, no, yeah. So then Anthony Misevich comes in, uh, came up through our farm system, was pretty solid last year as a lefty. So comes up with the runner on second rule and is able to limit the Giants to zero runs. Mitch Hanniger makes a nice sliding catch against Buster Posey. And if he doesn't make that play, it drops in fair territory and probably goes into the stands for a ground rule double. Giants take the lead. But then we head to the bottom of the 10th. Walk, walk, walk. Four strikes and 16 pitches, <laughs> and the Mariners, I'll take it. They take, they get the win, walk-off walk on opening day, um, and they move to 1-0 in the season. That is the most classic Mariners victory right That's there. That's more classic than, that, than the, the Mariners, three ties in a row. I think of a walk-off walk. Like, come on. The like, Mariners you had five ties in spring training. They tried to tie they tried on to Thursday, <laughs> but it didn't work because we had extra innings they in the regular season. <laughs> And then we got the Gotta love it. Max's Mariners ties, you know. <laughs> oh, my. But yesterday, more of a brighter spot, even though the Mariners lost. Yusei Kikuchi was fantastic. Oh, yeah. The underlying numbers really suggest good. he should have been so much better. Should have the His expected ERA was a run and a half lower than his 5-2-4 last year, which says a lot. Uh, really made some big adjustments with driveline. The fastball Vila ticked up. His spin rate was at 2,400 last night. His average was about 2,100, so really good stuff from him. Uh, six innings, 10 strikeouts, tied a career high, gave up just three runs. Uh, I love that. A couple long balls to Posey and Longoria, who... It's like we're playing in 2011 now, you guys. But I know, these guys are going yard. Longoria have homered in each of the first two games this Both year. Both of them? Yeah. Oh, you know the Mariners. That's they've got the best in everyone. Exactly. Posey looks so, like he might win the MVP. You're so yeah. scared when you play the Mariners. That's why they, you know, they know that's, they need to that's why up. everyone does well. That's why they, like, that's why everyone does well against them, because everyone's like, oh, we're playing the Mariners. we got to be on our best game. So they're really motivated, and that's why the Mariners get beat up a lot, you know? <laughs> exactly. I think that's, that's the only reason, too. What it that's is. exactly what it is. I um, definitely don't think it's anything else. Definitely not the lack of talent. <laughs> but uh, you say Kikuchi, I think, is such a big piece for the Mariners moving forward, especially in the rotation. If he could be, or if he could put up the numbers that we believe he's capable of, or I should say the Mariners believe that he's capable of, uh, it changes the outlook of the rotation moving forward dramatically. We have three top prospects in Logan Gilbert, Emerson Hancock, and George Kirby. Cope that with Sheffield and Gonzalez as the five, hopefully, you know, three years from now or so. If Kikuchi could be a legitimate piece in that and put up the numbers that he did yesterday consistently over 25, 30 starts, that is huge for the Mariners moving forward. And they're paying him a lot of money. This is a big year for him because the, he has a team option hanging and looming over his head this offseason. And he's got to earn that. And I think mm -hmm. he will. I think he's absolutely capable of Also, it. you got Paxson in a couple of days. Yes. Are you excited for that? I am excited for that. He was supposed to start last night, but he faced the Giants last week in spring training last Saturday, in which he had a tremendous spring. I think it was 17 straight 
strikeouts in nine and one third of an innings pitched this wow. spring, uh, which is absolutely <laughs> tremendous. It may have been eight and a third, actually, excuse me. That makes it even better. Uh, but Scott Service scratched him from the start, not because of any health issues. He just didn't want the Giants to see him two times in the span of a week. So he'll start against the White Sox on Tuesday, which oh, is a very interesting one. Oh, boy. Because the White Sox love oh their boy. right-handed hitters, and Paxton's a left-handed pitcher. So uh, that'll be quite an interesting one. It's, it's quite the test to start and this season. And the Mariners test are going Justice, Field on, Justice Sheffield on Monday, who's also a lefty. So. Back to back. Oh. <laughs> <Max is laughs> the Mariners have four Max lefties like, in the Do they really? Yeah. Max How many like three? How would you say three or four? <laughs> they have six men in the rotation, four lefties, and Marco oh, Gonzalez, Justice was... Sheffield, James Paxton, or Nick Margavichis is now in the pen, actually, excuse me, but then you got Yusei Kikuchi as your fourth, and then Chris Flexen and Justin Dunn as the two righties. Max, your reaction when you, realize, when you realize that there were two lefties going, this is like a righty-heavy white talk, you just look to the side like, oh, wait, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We have Justin Dunn. How is he? I was going to ask. Going on Wednesday. Justin Dunn's interesting. I only have like 20 seconds here, but Justin Dunn is in great shape, had an interesting spring, needs to get through the lineup three times, he'll be successful. That's all I can say. You heard it here, folks. That is Max's Mariners talk. My favorite segment in all of radio. <laughs> I want to thank you all for tuning in on this Saturday morning here on the South Hill. For Ethan Birch, I'm Mac. Oh, I am not Max. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Max, <laughs> you are getting me too riled up today. Anyway, for Ethan Birch and Max Stanzer, I'm Steve Derr. Enjoy the rest of your Saturdays here on VIC Radio.